Hello, Paul. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to a very special edition of the Empire Podcast. The BFI London Film Festival is one of our favourite film festivals, and not just because it doesn't require a train or a plane to get there. It is a wonderful festival that presents an incredibly wide array of movies over the course of almost two weeks. And a wide array of movies requires a wide array of actors. And so, in an Empire podcast first, we decided to get three incredible actors into the same room to talk about their experiences of the London Film Festival, the movies they have here at the festival, six in total, and the nature of acting itself. And the three incredible actors are Ben Mendelsohn, the brilliant Australian actor who's broken through in the last few years since his turn in Animal Kingdom and who's cropped up in blockbusters like Rogue One, Captain Marvel, Ready Player One, And more, he has two movies at the LFF, The King and Baby Teeth. Then there's Jimmy Fales, who's a first-time actor here with The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is a semi-autobiographical tale in which he plays, well, Jimmy Fales. And finally, there's Morfitt Clark, a fast-rising Welsh actor who has three films here at the LFF, The Personal History of David Copperfield, St Maud and Eternal Beauty. Now, in terms of a conversation, this became exactly what I hoped it would be. A fun and frank exchange about acting and why actors act between three really interesting performers, each of whom are at very different stages of their career. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. But, quick word of the wise, this wasn't recorded in the Empire Pod booth. Instead, we had to record it in a meeting room at a London hotel, which means it's a bit echoey. Also, at times, you may be able to pick up some chatter from people in the corridor outside... So the sound isn't quite as pristine as an in-studio interview would be. Also, Ben Mendelsohn is hilarious and capricious and sparky and a force of nature. But he also moves around a lot as a result of being all those things. And so quite often he moves away from his mic. So at times he is a bit more echoey than usual. But he's still hilarious, capricious and sparky and well worth listening. And with that in mind, I hope you really do enjoy this fascinating interview. We are delighted to be joined in this very, very special London Film Festival-centric podcast with uh, three actors who've got six films between them here at the LFF. Morpha Clark, you have three. Yeah. Three. I mean, that's just greedy, isn't it? (laughs) Eternal Beauty, The Personal History of David Copperfield and St. Maud. Yes. Congratulations, well done. Thank you. Taking the rest of the year off. Congrats. That's not bad. (laughs) It's not a competition, mind. Uh, Then we also have Ben Mendelsohn, the great Ben Mendelsohn here as well with The King and Baby Teeth. Hello, Ben. How are you? Very well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> Good, man. Excellent. <laughs> and, uh, and then, of course, Jimmy Fales, who has the last black man in San Francisco here. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? Great. Good, good, good. Three, two, one, lift off. That's what it's all about. <laughs> okay, now, there it is. Amazing. So, guys, uh, let's start off talking about the LFF itself. Uh, ben, if this, this can't be your first LFF rodeo, is it? Yeah, but he, do you want to know what the, the most disappointing thing about the LFF is? Uh-huh. Like, yeah, let's start there. You guys are so f- just pointlessly arrogant that you don't even bother to put the eye in. I mean, you could actually have something like Lyft. Oh, It's oh, pretty good, okay. right? Yeah. And it moves you towards Lyft, as in take this motherfucker higher, et yeah, cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. But you're so stuck in your pommy, arrogant, recalcitrant <laughs> ways, right? Oh, here we that go. you're like, Lyft, Lyft, Lyft. Lyft. It's a lovely festival. And it's, <laughs> look, in, in summertime, this is the, 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 the greatest city on earth. 
We're in October now, though. You don't have it all year round. Let me, let's me let be clear about that. But in summertime, <laughs> this is the greatest city on earth. It's a glorious, glorious place. It's just such a beautiful city. It's always lovely coming to London. Uh, Jimmy, as a man who's re- very much rooted in San Francisco, you still mm-hmm. based there, I, I believe? I am still based there. Still based yes. there. Is this yes. your first time in London? First time at the LFF? What's yes, your experience so far? be my last. That's good that. to know. Come back that. in the summer. Hell yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I actually don't mind this weather, though. It's very similar to San Francisco's weather. So um, I actually don't mind it. But uh, I like London so far. I just got here yesterday. So okay. I'm ready to explore. I'll be here for a while. You're so tired. Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty tired. <laughs> Have you got a week here, mate? Or a Longer? I'm leaving on the 9th, so pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, basically. Okay, that's yeah. not bad. A bit yeah. of time to acclimatize, walk yeah, around. exactly. Please Figure yourself. And, uh, and Morphe, what are, this, is this your first LFF rodeo? or are you? you... Um, no, the, the Falling, which I did oh, yes, a few years ago, yeah, yeah. premiered here, and that was my first experience of any sort of carpet, red, okay. <laughs> red carpet, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Yes, and that was lovely. And it was that was in a film with like loads of us. It was our first job, so and they were all very nurturing and lovely. <laughs> so this scared. time you're you're an old hand. You, Absolutely you, you not. Three I'm films. like freaking out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. And Toronto was even worse. Me and the director like were taking turns to like be like, it's all too much. <laughs> but it's nice to be on like home ground. Feels yeah. yeah. Do you need to be reminded which film you're promoting at any given time? Because you've got 451 films. It can't hurt. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like a little. Oh, no, this one. Copperfield. Copperfield. <laughs> not a bad. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Sure. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. a little whisper in your ear. Yeah. Please remind me. Yeah. So, okay. so difficult. Okay. <laughs> Focusing mainly today on Saint Maud, which is we, really yeah. unsettling. Psychological. Yes. Would you say psychological horror film? How would you describe Saint? Yeah, Maud? I would say or like a social horror. I did, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's quite grim and scary. It's which is why I'm glad my parents have been able to come and see David Copperfield before <laughs> Saturday yeah. when it's going to be totally great. Which is bright and, and sunny and joyful yeah. and all those things. And then Eternal Beauty is somewhere in between, so it's <laughs> quite nice. <laughs> okay, excellent. Uh, what periods are they set in? Like the, the, the your different ones. Um, so. David Copperfield is in like Victorian London. Saint Maud is now, and Eternal Beauty is kind of in the 60s to the 80s, 2000. So it kind of travels... I'm in the 60s. Mm. Ooh! Yeah. Travels around a bit. Where's where's it set, the last one? Um, It's kind of around Londonish, but it's not particularly said, but it was all filmed in Wales. So and what? Craig Roberts is a Welsh director, and so he's like it's got its roots in Wales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And Saint Maud's a, a horror film. How? What is it like shooting the horror film? Because I want to do some in the future. I'm just wondering. It was is there really a lot of happy. funny. Blue, is it funny? Like well, yeah, shooting some. You know what I mean? Like I, I can. I feel like it, it'd be hard to like keep a straight face sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, you, you have know? to do such ridiculous yeah, things. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But also all the like. I really liked it. I, I kind of struggle with horror sometimes, and it was really great to see like all, like how they do all that weird body horror and stuff. And it's just mm. you just feel like a kid. Like yeah, mm. it's fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, you've got that body horror action going on in yours. Mm. Yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah, it's the one type that really freaks <laughs> yeah, me out. Actually. That yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd stuff love moving that. under skin. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like sort of Cronenberg, that sort of stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. And uh, and and Jimmy, your story is incredible because this is your first movie, mm-hmm. the Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk us through the, how that that came about for you. Uh, well, 
I mean, Man, it's a, long, yeah, it's, it's a long, long story. I mean, you know, long story less long. You know, <laughs> we, um, you know, me and my best friend, he's a director. We we've always been making movies together, movies that no one saw, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and then you know we you know had the idea we were walking and talking it was an idea at first uh and then you know literally like probably like a year and a half or two years later we just we didn't know what we were doing with our lives and we're kind of depressed and we had to throw ourselves into something so we made a little concept trailer which was just like me kind of narrating the the story that inspired the film which is your um, story which is my story yeah. yeah and i was narrating it and skating through the city and he did put a score around it edited it and whatever we put it on vimeo and a lot of people reached out to us and that made us feel like the you know story could be heard or people wanted to hear it you know because I didn't necessarily think anyone cared you know it's still hard for me to believe anyone does but um so yeah I mean and you know we met our team through that short concept trailer that we put out and you know slowly but surely things just kind of started to happen it was like that then there was a kickstarter then we did a short film we went to Sundance met Plan B there and then Plan B came aboard then they bought A24 on board and then we shot the movie Long story less long. You know what I mean? Long story less long. I'm so proud of myself for doing that, that in amazing. such a short time. Honestly. If you were holding the mic, you could drop <laughs> yeah, it right no, now. That, that, yeah, and you got Plan B. You guys yeah, been, yeah. yeah, they're a great company. Yeah, I love they're them. a great A24 too. I, I love them a lot. Too. Yeah, A20. Oh, yeah. They, they, they are, I reckon they're the coolest kids on the block. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I agree. They're absolutely. a wonderful company. I agree. Absolutely. Wonderful company. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And Ben, like I say, you got two projects here. Yes, sir. The King. You're in the King mode right now. You I hang, am in the king. Are you right hanging now. around for baby teeth? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay. uh, yeah. No, I am. I, I, look, I love baby teeth. But in fact, I I think it is the the coolest film I've ever been in. Oh wow! Mm. I think it's it's a really beautiful. I, I love that film so much. I'm I'm in, I'm very very proud of that film. That film, I read it. And it was beautiful. I hadn't returned home to work in about a decade. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just thought that film was so beautiful. And I felt very lucky to have been a part of it. Uh, Essie Davis and myself mm -hmm. are really the, the, the sort of the support pillars, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? We, we give it enough heft and... Uh, and Essie Davis, by the way, if you just to do a rough crossover, yeah. it's yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> and if you want, if you want to see um, horror acting, like powerlifting, crazy psycho powerlifting horror acting, um, any of you acting aficionados out there that happen to be listening, watch her in Babadook oh yeah. because God, that yeah. is you cannot believe that someone has that much energy to be able to do... I mean, I don't know how she did those days. She is a freak. She's awesome in this film. But it ain't about us. It's about the kids. It's, um, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all me and Moses. And I'm incredibly... You know, Baby Teeth is an incredibly feminine insensibilities. And uh, it's, it's all... I love Baby Teeth so much. I really love Baby Teeth. So Amazing. yeah, but Amazing. no, the king. We're finishing off the king. I'm very proud of the king, uh, you know. But I'm I'm Henry Four. The film's about Henry Five. <laughs> so for, for me, it becomes a great deal. You know, compelling. It's like, oh my god, why did you kill off that old king? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, no, it's been look. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, and I treat it with the contempt that it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not it's not a spoiler then to say that you're not necessarily in the king that. Long. No, I think anyone that is even vaguely familiar <laughs> with the concept of, um, you know, primogeniture and the um, 
the way the royal families work uh-huh. will understand that there can be no Timmy being king uh, <laughs> until his old man. <laughs> yeah, but it's great we have three actors here, and, and all you know, I, I guess at various stages of your of your careers as well, and certainly at, you know, here at the LFF. And and, and Jimmy, as a, as a as a first timer, really, mm-hmm. I mean, even though you, you've made uh, shorts and, and films before that, as you say, nobody has seen. What was that experience like for you? You were working with your best friend Joe Talbot, and was that as an actor? Did you do you feel still raw in a way? Do you look to other actors for for inspiration? How does that well, work for you? You know, well, I was working alongside you know a lot of good actors. So you know, Jonathan Majors, who's excellent, excellent, God level. You know, I was working next to him every day. He's, mm. You know, my best friend in the film. So that was like taking a master class for me you know what I mean and Danny Glover is in it as well and he taught me a lot to Sheena Arnold uh, Rob Morgan so um, you know I, I had a lot of help you know from my you know I don't think I would have been able to do it without them you know mm-hmm. um, it being my first big feature you know they, they helped it help create a more comfortable environment for me to be able to you know mm-hmm. do what I had to do to, mm-hmm. to get it done basically so um, very appreciative of how humble they were I think this bit is more overwhelming than doing any filming though as really? well yeah. I think this is a bit that I was like not prepared oh, for oh yeah no exactly yeah, I mean yeah, carpets and yeah. paparazzi and shit like that I mean I fucking I never thought someone would ask for my autograph ever in my life like I don't think I, yeah. I you know I mean I never thought about that once but just all the pictures and all that, like, I don't even know what to do when I'm standing on the carpet. I'm like, uh, I do I put my hand here? Or what, I don't know what the fuck to do. You know what I mean? I and it's like, you got to you gotta stand here and then do all the pictures. And then you got to, oh, just move uh, over here. And they're going to take pictures. Like, why don't you all just take fucking pictures at one time while I'm standing right here? Why do <laughs> I have to point. keep moving over and then over and then over? Like, That's I don't a get, really good point. But, you know, but whatever. Like, yeah. It's all part of it, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah. And then people like me asking the same questions yeah, over well, and over and actually, over again. You're not that bad, actually. Oh, thanks, I mean, man. I and that's it that's from the raw end of truth right? you know what I'm saying yeah. like that's raw that's raw and real you gotta, you gotta take that with all the fucking I, reality I that, that in, everything that that implies believe me I that's am that's pretty fucking high praise that is going on my fucking gravestone <laughs> <laughs> you are not that bad wow, I'm honoured dude wow, that <laughs> the way not things are going bad. that'll be pretty damn soon but you, <laughs> you never know uh, so that's, that's true though because I guess you know there, there is an element of I've, I've heard actors say before that the real work is this point this is what this is what you get paid no, this for is, this is way, the work know? actually yeah. I mean because it's fun I mean acting is fun it's a way to escape you know I, yeah. I like acting because I get to escape my fucking life you know what I mean yeah First, I mean, not in this movie. I kind of didn't. I kind of didn't. But my next movie, which yeah. I'm shooting in a few months, will be fun because I get to actually explore another character. Mm-hmm. But um, that's you know essentially why I like acting. So it doesn't feel like work when I'm doing that. But all this kind of does. Like, oh, get in the car here. Oh, do a 15 minute interview, and then you get 30 seconds, and then you got to do a 20 minute interview, and then you got to mm-hmm. go to a radio station, and then you got to go to a TV station, then you got to do a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thrown into a room. Yeah, and like, you don't know how many fucking times I've said, hold on, pod or Vaughn? Like, don't fuck with me here. Is this secretly going to be a Vaughn cast and you're just not fucking telling me? Like, pod or Vaughn? Pod or Vaughn? But there's a lot of truth, I think, to, to what, what, you know, is being said. That this is actually, you clock the ducats for this stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, And And, you know, and there's something kind of fair and whatnot in sort of, you know, and I don't know. Coming to terms with having to do this bit mm. is a is a long. Well, for me, in any case, has been a long, a torturous, and neurotic process. But there was some period where I 
just kind of, I guess, the the importance it had to me in my life and what I do has to me in my life, I kind of realised how distantly that can translate for, depending on who's listening and where, and that most mm-hmm. people don't really give a rat per mm. se mm. and I know I just started to not care you know yeah. what I mean yeah. like in a good way yeah. I started to not feel as um, um I didn't think much hung on it well it's, yeah. I mean yeah. it's, I mean it's, it kind of feel a little appreciative that so many people even want to talk to you mm. you know what I mean so it, that that helps me get through interviews even if I'm getting asked the same question over and over it's like they <laughs> want to be here yeah, yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so they're doing what they have to do to come see and talk to you so yeah. it's like you know I can't like why, why be a dick about it you know what I mean if they're going out there, but it does make you realise how skilled some people are with yeah. it you're like yeah. oh I see mm-hmm. how hard it is to do a sound bite and mm-hmm. to yeah. like have any clarity and to finish a sentence yeah. and, then <laughs> write, and then write yeah. a whole piece about it too and then yeah. you know the journalists that, that write like a great piece from like yeah. a, you know sometimes I feel like I gave a bad interview and then they write a really good piece and yeah. make me seem like I'm fucking <laughs> Martin Luther King or something you know what I mean but fucking you know yeah. yeah, I mean, so so when you were growing up and you were looking to get into acting, did you read profiles of actors for like tidbits about the industry, about how the, how the life works, about how they get into character, their method, or were you just more drawn to performances as as young? A, a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I never watched like interviews or anything like yeah. that that much. I, I more just kind of watched. Yeah, their work. Or I, actually, I did I did watch some interviews, but yeah, I more just watched their work and and, and read. It's, it's better I just I just find it better to, to, to read yeah. about them yeah. you know what I mean and that stuff like that so okay excellent I mean, that was for me but I don't know I think mine was just was more stories than actually being an actor I think it seemed like such a ridiculous dream that I didn't kind of look at it it was mm-hmm. just something that I kind of I liked watching films and I liked stories but I didn't really see myself as being part of them until got a bit older and I was like oh things are kind of going okay so what's mm-hmm. this me but mm-hmm. it just seems it seems like I think being thinking that it's going to happen is almost like being convinced you're going to win the lottery you just can't mm-hmm. hold on to that because mm-hmm. it's too it's unta- you can't grab it you yeah, just, yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I agree a lot with that notion and I started very very young and I I often you know I don't think I would have kept you know I, I don't imagine I would have pursued acting had I not started working in my early teens early mid teens um, but I did, and then I left school and, you know, stayed with it and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I don't think I would have stuck. I, I, it wasn't something that I held or thought that I was going to do or anything like that. You know, it did all seem impossibly remote and mm. stellar. Yeah. yeah. And I know that's the way it can feel to people. But it's, you know, the weird thing is it's just it's such a small step from this side of it where you're doing all this fancy pants stuff and people look at you or interpret you in a certain way uh, than it is to just, you know, another lonely day sitting at home yeah. on a PlayStation or something like that. Yeah. It's a very, like, it's a really gossamer uh, sort yeah. of barrier. Uh, but in terms of what you were asking originally, I was very, very, which is about what did you yeah. look at profiles of other actors and so I'm just reminding what, what got you. I, I you forgot know. myself to be yeah, honest. No, I'm yeah. just bringing the listener back. <laughs> That's yeah. good. good. You know, I'm to seize mad skills, you know. I'm just, <laughs> just trying to fucking show off. Bring it home. No, I was really interested in um, actors that were interesting to me. Like if, it, if, if they put out, say, something about Robert De Niro did this for Taxi mm-hmm. Drive, I wanted to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in my first 
10 years or so, like I wanted to know. Like I was anything that I felt like could give me an idea or any fuel, any substance that fuel and anything also that could kind of order like how you're supposed to do this, mm. yeah. like acting. Yeah. Because it's a weird ethereal thing. And actually, you know, I, I think something that, that, that Jem said earlier um, about you just to make you comfortable enough to do your own thing because in essence, that's the whole game right there. Any set, any job, anything, any people that it's with, etc., etc. it's just that thing of, oh, we get comfortable enough so we can do our thing. Mm. And that's to me the game. You know, that's the main game. Yeah. And funnily enough, the, the higher up you you go, seemingly, the easier the people around you are. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man. It's like the, that middle bit. That's, That's where it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Very much, because you you, it's populated with a lot more um, angst about where people are in the world and how you should, how you should be regarding me like this and mm-hmm. um, a lot of that. You know, it's stuff that's a bit yeah. more difficult, you know, and a bit, bit more, a bit more of a fucking yawn and, and, a, mm. and a trial. Is that the last five, ten years for you? That that period, the fancy pants yeah, period. Oh, fancy pants period. period. Yeah. I mean, basically post Animal Kingdom, and then there's a kind of a one-two punch that happens, you know, with uh, yeah, maybe with um, Place Beyond the Pines, and then Bloodline, and oh yeah, after that, going into sort of Star Wars and Spielberg and and whatnot land. Mm-hmm. You know, that felt like, ooh, we up in some rare air here. Yeah. But it's a really chilled out work environment. Okay. Like that's the thing. It's counterintuitive. You expect it to be like, <gasps> incredibly precious, incredibly kind of, there will be absolute quiet on the set. Mrs. Spielberg is here. <laughs> and no, he just turns up. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah. He looks around. He's playful. He's mm. interested in what the fuck he's going to do. He's like, oh, yeah, he digs off something that you chuck in there. He's like, oh, fuck that, fuck that bit. That sucks. And then, you know, you, you, you're having a good time. And boom, the day goes. So it's mm. counterintuitive. No, yeah. you want to watch out for that middle bit. you don't want to be a punk to anyone uh, Uh about any of this stuff like you don't want to be you don't don't be an arsehole because you go up you come down you know and the same people that you met going up you're going to meet them (laughs) oh you're meeting them going the other way like that is almost a given (laughs) you know so don't be you know you don't want to be an arsehole to people you know we got to just always be grateful that we have the privilege to make art you know what I mean mm. so if you keep that attitude then you, you, you should be fine you know mm. but I do see why people who kind of started younger feel mm-hmm. like are oh, maybe accidentally might behave like that because mm-hmm. it is such a weird environment like everyone's doing things for you mm-hmm. and like if you're if that's the only kind of adult world you've experienced mm-hmm. then I could see how it gets really skewed and it's not necessarily people being assholes but it's people like yeah. just I don't know it is yeah, yeah no I get it strange. it's still being an asshole but I do get it though yeah. I mean you know I, I get it though I you feel know. lucky that I didn't start younger because mm-hmm. m- maybe I'd be a complete asshole now I'm just like <laughs> slightly <laughs> one maybe if, you, if you're lucky enough to not like yeah. if you if you have periods where you don't work and you've got to actually join the human race that gets <laughs> you know what I mean that it gets tempered a lot of that yeah. stuff I mean yeah. I hear you about hereditary in it started young like yeah I just imagine absolute really punishes but 
Yeah, no. Oh, there. It's a yawn when that happens. It's a real <laughs> yawn, and it sucks the vibe. It sucks the good vibe out of the floor. Yeah. And that, yeah. that place is yeah. a fucking boxing ring. Mm. You want it smooth. You want it just nice and easy. And you want to be able to get in there and fuck around. Yeah. You know, you don't want to have that weight sitting on top. You don't want to have someone sitting back there going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't. That <laughs> fucking one? Yeah. It's delicate. The stuff you do is delicate. And and the best stuff you will often do is born out of these delicate little windy, weird things that just kind of find their way in. They're not yeah. you doing anything necessarily premeditated or planned. You know, the greatest bits, I think, are kind of a bit messy and unintended, mm-hmm. like unintended mm-hmm. consequences. Mm-hmm. If you're acting there, go... <gasps> Fuck that worked. I don't know why, because mm-hmm. it shouldn't have. Um, yeah. yeah. But you know, it's it's that effort of trying that sort of sucks mm-hmm. generally. When you can see people trying to squeeze, I'm having a feeling. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 just give it a minute, give it a minute, give it a minute. I'm, I'm very close to that feeling. You know what I mean? It's all that, like that kind of stuff. It's all that sort of blocked up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's mis- it's superhero bullshit. Yeah, no, I need to Well, we have a really nice job. It yeah, isn't, yeah, exactly. I think what it's you said. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, please. Come yeah. No, 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 I think it's also it's kind of. I think it comes maybe with guilt at like being having such a nice job and being able to do it that then people feel they have to be like, and it's actually really hard. And in some ways it is, but mm. ultimately like. Well, I do feel like I've won the lottery and that I get to, like, go on set mm-hmm. and, like, just do ridiculous things. Like, mm-hmm. it's just an amazing job. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah, you get, yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, when you're a kid and you're fucking playing charades or house, it's like you yeah. can do it as a, an adult yeah. for your job. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, cool. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. And you mentioned you've got, you got another movie coming up soon. Yeah. So this is, yeah. this is now becoming... Yeah, the job for you. This for, is the, yeah, which is sure. the intention yeah. from from the. From yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm a storyteller. Whether it's through writing or acting, they're all forms of storytelling. So yeah. that's what I'm here to do. That's what I thought I was put on earth to do. So. And uh, what was the inspiration? What made you want to tell stories in the first place? Man, I mean, honestly, it, it, I don't know. I just don't want to make the room all depressing. But the I, first time I saw somebody die, I was home alone and I saw somebody get killed outside of my window and no one was at home for me to. I was home alone, so no one was home. Yeah. And I didn't know how to feel about it. I was nine years old, so I wrote a poem about it. And then I just started writing from then and I've just written all sorts of stuff I always keep a oh, wow. notebook or something like that but yeah. you know and then that turned into songwriting and then that turned into writing a movie and whatever mm-hmm. so uh, okay so you yeah. need that creative outlet that's yeah that's, I just didn't I, yeah I didn't know what else to do so I just started to do that that was just my natural instinct <laughs> you still have the first poem you wrote I lost it actually shit oh books, man I, I remember yeah. some of it though actually yeah by yeah heart. Not gonna say it, but no, I no, do remember no, some of it. No, no, but, but I do remember some of it. Yeah, and you, you ah, uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, yeah, I did lose that original copy. Yeah, but I love the I love the way you talk about it with the 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 clarity that you have about like I'm a storyteller. That's what mm-hmm. I do. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it this way. But that 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 clarity of intent is that's 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 hot. It's fucking really cool. That. Thank you. Thank and you. No, no. You know, let's uh, love it. That's interesting because you know, people, some people feel that they have a purpose in life and your purpose in life is to tell stories and that you know, if you weren't acting, you would tell stories another way, yeah. through music so, yeah, or I'd poetry or, or some other way. or something or something. I would have yeah. to, I would have to get it out. I can't keep it inside. I know that. 
That's amazing. Is, is that, a, that seems to be, I've talked to a lot of actors over the years, a lot of directors, a lot of writers, and that seems to be a fairly common theme, that they're drawn to this. This isn't just something that you fancy doing. It's a great job, but mm-hmm. this is a, a, a calling, maybe, might be a, a mm-hmm. bit of a grand word. But I mean, Some it's, people it's, express it as a calling or a need. Yeah. You know? Look, I'm a little more confused about it. I honestly don't know. I thought I was going to go and be like, I look, I basically wanted to be James Bond or a detective mm-hmm. because they were the first kind of TV shows with, with male <laughs> figures that were sort of fantasy figures that I, I aspired to. Mm-hmm. But, pr- I mean, probably, I, I don't know, you know, like, shit wasn't going particularly well, like, in my, you know, in my home and whatnot life, uh, such as it were. So I was probably headed for dodgy times one way or another. But I, I didn't know what I was going to be. I figured maybe I'd try and get into science or computer some bullshit or whatnot. But, uh, look, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I really don't know. Yeah. And Do you ever feel... Uh, asking both of you as well like like it's therapeutic like after you you know like after mm-hmm. like a scene where it's like you really when you really get to that place and you escape and it's really like you're just there and then you have to come back out of it and you just feel kind of like you just left a therapy session or something you know what i mean it's the you only all time stuff. i'm not socially anxious yeah yeah yeah, yeah, right. exactly. yeah, yeah. exactly yeah exactly yeah yeah exactly I, I think there really is a magicalness about it you hit mm-hmm. this sweet spot and it happens mm-hmm. every now and then and you do you forget Mm-hmm. You forget who you are, who you're supposed to be. You forget all this stuff, and you just kind of come on out. And and it is the time where I and I are echoing back what you're saying about socially anxious. I can be incredibly kind of like overwhelmed by the other humans and yeah. what do mm-hmm. I do and how do I negotiate this? Who the fuck am I supposed to be? Yeah. Here? And, mm-hmm. and there's a kind of a hyper vigilance that goes with that, which can make it all a bit much. But I feel like when I'm at work that motherfucker I know backwards and forwards because mm-hmm. I've been doing it since I was a bubba. Mm-hmm. So I have a very strong sense of, of how that space works and I love it. It's always been like running away to the circus or joining mm-hmm. the carnival. Mm-hmm. And I, my only question is, are we high-class carnies or low-class <laughs> carnies? And that one I, I'm still not decided about. I tell you, it's fun both times, but, yeah, I mean, it's really fun when we're low-class carnies. <laughs> Because they have a song. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, <laughs> I think, though, in terms of what we were talking about, like in terms of the storytelling and feeling pulled towards that, I don't think that's my. I think I've just always been obsessed with people. And yeah. I think there are people that I'm like, well, if you weren't acting, I think you'd be like a director or a writer or producer. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think I'd probably be like, want to be a family therapist or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I just yeah. love knowing why people do the things they do. And, mm, yeah. and my mum worked a lot with children so I remember just like I'm being about eight and I was like what so what happens to me now is going to make a difference to what I am later which kind of seems so obvious but it was and then I got obsessed with the idea of everyone's stories but it's more people than art which maybe I shouldn't I I feel you I mean it's very the psychological part of I mean like I do a lot of just because I'm not a classically trained actor Mm. and I kind of Mm. trip and fell into this somewhat you know my experience is life and people watching which is San Francisco is like a great place for that Mm -hmm. so there's tons of characters you can see and you can see how different people convey what they need to you know the the message they're trying to tell the next person whatever it is if it's like a young couple at the bus stop that you can tell that they just you know asked each other out and they're like all making out or if it's like a (laughs) a, you know a a couple and they're having dinner and they're you know you can tell they're probably on their way out of their relationship or whatever just however they convey Mm -hmm. those messages and you see Mm -hmm. how people do that and how you can 
get that across in, in, in your own work. I mean, for me, like people watching is like my biggest homework just seeing how, how people kind of do that just because oh. I didn't, you know, go to school for it. Or I wonder if that becomes more difficult as you become more well known in a way that people watch you because then people start watching you and Ben I'm sure you've had this over the last few years as well yeah yeah I mean although you know look I've got a sort of a you know a, a, some, a mid fame you know what I yep. mean like some people might know somewhere this or that or the other but essentially I still roll around and do you know whatever whatever I feel like and you know no one you know if people interact with me it's generally brief and pleasant you know what I mean mm. it's not crazy stuff or you know um but no, you always get opportunities to watch people. And I actually think that that whole thing of, of trying to understand why people do the things that they do, which is kind of something of a common thread, which mm-hmm. we've all mm-hmm. touched on here, it really is one of the things which makes it a very interesting job. Mm. But it's also what makes us interesting as people, because just borrowing from the great man, David Attenborough, mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. my personal, like, yeah. in terms of humans that live on the earth, uh, yeah. number one. I think right? most yeah. people feel that way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. He's yeah. been on more of the earth anyway. You know, he talked about the correlation between brain size and the size of groups that mm-hmm. we could live in, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, he was dealing with primates up, blah, blah, blah. But it's thought that, you know, the greater part of our brain is concerned with figuring out what's going on with the other people. Mm-hmm. Because the, the signals and this and that, and what signals we give off and don't give off, and what might be underneath it, and the ability to read emotions, uh, etc., give us two great things in cinema, and in cinema particularly. If you're watching a performance of someone that's actually having a genuine feeling, yeah, right, yeah. you will feel it because yeah. of our mirroring things, and because we know when we look at another person, assuming everything's ticking along all right. We can know what sort of state they're in. You know, we can feel it. Yeah. And so if, you, if you're in the groove, if you're in the cut of where you're supposed to be, or at least somewhere interesting, it'll come through. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think the other thing that, that tends to be happen with, with um, people that go into performing is you get to not be yourself. Mm. And that freedom from not having to be mm-hmm. whatever version of sucker mm-hmm. you may feel about yourself mm-hmm. or whatever uneasiness or whatever weird bit that is, mm-hmm. yeah. you get to go, hey, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's playtime. It's pretend time. Yeah, yeah. And that's awesome. But I also think that's a privilege that we get in being artists is that we're then allowed to be weird as people. Damn like, right. <laughs> Damn yeah. right. No, go on, please. Yeah. Or just Maud, who I play in St. Maud, and um, Jane in Eternal Beauty. They're both mm-hmm. people who are, one of them's a nurse, one of them does a bit of everything, but they're not mm. in the arts. And their eccentricity is seen as weird and gross. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I do feel that, like... I wish that everyone had the kind of free pass that you do once mm-hmm. people are like, oh, they're an actor. To yeah. then just yeah. be odd. Yeah. I feel like it would help a lot of people work through shit. Mm. You know what I mean? Certain people, I feel like it, it might be a sort of a therapy for them. Like, you know, they're like, you know, just going into it. Like, I, you know, in prep for uh, for my movie, but mm. sometimes I would be at the, we had an office that uh, the city had let us rent out to work on it a few months before. And we, I would go in there when no one was in there and just like yell and just do hella weird shit when no one was in there. You know what mm. I mean? Just so I could get it all out. Yeah, I feel like yeah, everyone yeah. needs to just go get it all out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just go throw shit around if you have to fucking fuck the whole place up then put it back together or whatever the yeah. fuck. You know what I mean? Um, 
I don't know. I just I think it's important, but maybe I'm just weird though. I no, know. I think you're totally right, and I feel so lucky that yeah. we're like, yeah. I'm like, how would I get yeah. through life if I could? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do, and I, I do think we get a pass to a degree. Although I do also think it's sometimes you've got to fight for that pass in in a lot of situations mm-hmm. too, because it's very easy to misinterpret, or you know, it's very easy for us to put our ideas of someone we've seen or experienced in a medium. Mm. Mm-hmm. as being real to that person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, I don't know, this person plays this kind of great person, you're incredibly romantically attached to them and you meet them and you find out they're just kind of a disappointing, kind of uh, anxious avoidant, right? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah no, uh, spoiler alert, me. Um, <laughs> I will tell you. Um, I won't really. That's a disclaimer. Um, um, but you know, like I do. I, I think. Um, yeah, I do think sometimes you, you, you. Uh, it's good to remind oneself that actually, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird and sometimes difficult job. Mm. Uh, the, all the stuff around it and the time around it. That's the biggest one you got to deal with. I find in practical terms, the amount of time you wait to act. Yeah. It's like oh, 99.9. No, right? yeah. That was the think- one thing I was not ready for. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, it's just like, can, can we go? Can we go? Or what <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. Like, I'm ready now. Yeah. You told me you were ready, and you're not even ready. Yet. <laughs> oh, no. That's you know what I mean? Like, that's a, yeah, fuck. That's the, I don't, don't, don't. Please don't make me. Please. Don't, <laughs> yeah. No, come on. Because momentum. I find if you can get momentum. Here's the weirdest thing. I, here's the thing I hate most about acting. Yeah. Right? Okay, hey, man, we're ready to go. Here we go. And it's at the turn over. And the sound. Bo- and it's like you're building up. you got this sign. And uh, to me, I uh, I move around. I chat. I ignore that shit. I know when it's coming. I hear yeah, that yeah, clap. Yeah. And I know when action's coming. But, you know, I ain't one of these people that, that, that starts from a standing start. And it's like, and yeah, we're off. You know, I need to be in some kind of motion mm-hmm. and try and forget that actually we're making a film that might be seen by a hundred million plus people. Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I find yeah. that a little bit intimidating. Yeah, yeah a bit yeah. much. Yeah. You know? But whereas it's, it's just playtime and you can just have a naivety about it, a yeah. willful naivety, a willful playfulness about yeah. it, mm-hmm. then you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can insert you whatever, can insert whatever, whatever you, you can imagine whatever the hell Bell and Femme is doing there. Yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, thank you very much. And good night. <laughs> on that note, on that bombshell, on willful naivete, uh, guys, I could talk to you all day. No. That's it. That's Don't it. tell me I ended it with that weirdness. He's got to go to a premiere. He's got to go to a premiere. Oh, yeah, you've got your premiere. Yeah. He's got to go. So we gotta go. We gotta wrap it up, Ben. We gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. But uh, it's guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Could talk to you uh, all day. Uh, More of a Clark, Ben Mendelson, and Jimmy Fails. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. So that was Ben Mendelsohn, Jimmy Fails and Warford Clark. I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, the LFF is still on even as we speak. Comes to an end this Sunday with Martin Scorsese's The Irishman. The King is out on Netflix on November 1st. Baby Teeth will be released at some point in the future. The Last Black Man in San Francisco is out in the UK on October 25th. The Personal History of David Copperfield is out on January 10th next year. And Eternal Beauty and St. Maud, both worth your time, are awaiting release dates in the UK. If you don't already listen to the regular Empire podcast, it is out every Friday. So keep in peel for that. Do subscribe and leave us lovely reviews on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Every little bit helps. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.